Hey guys, welcome to uh, another episode of the podcast on uh, my drive home. Uh, but in fact, I've actually kind of switched it up. I might even change the name of the podcast since uh, <laughs> nobody's searching for it anyway. And uh, name it The Drive To, or maybe just The Drive or The Drive To Work. Because I realized that on the way home, I'm mostly inundated with uh, phone calls and text messages and just... Hey, what are you doing? What's going on? And the boss calling me up saying, how long, how long, how long to get home? But on the way to work, it's uh, it's four in the morning, so nobody really cares. Nobody's calling me, which is, which is a good thing because uh, I just need time, you know, to, to really think about it, start, start to prepare for the work. So anyway, I might, uh, I might just start recording on the way to work. And that way I'll, uh, I'll make sure I'm kind of uninterrupted and hopefully get better mics. I've noticed that my uh, the audio quality of the recordings has a lot of background noise from, you know, passing trucks and then uh, rumble strips, just wind or whatever is going on in the background. So we'll work on that. We'll work on that. So uh, today I wanted to talk about uh, bubbles. Yeah, I like bubbles are the best. My kid loves bubbles turn on the bubble machine, it's like this magical world, we're under the sky, we're under the sea, under the sea. kind of feels like that, but, um, but in truth, the bubbles I'm talking about are the bubbles that I create, and other parents create, but I create specifically, because I never want to speak to somebody else, the bubbles that I create for my life, right? Uh, I'm sure you've heard somebody say, yeah, but you're living in a bubble, or they're living in a bubble, or you put your kids in this bubble, and it's always said in a negative connotation. It is, right? Oh, your kids don't know about the environment, you're living in a bubble, or, or if you don't tell them about the political, you know, the Democrats, the, the Republicans, you're, you're living in a bubble if you don't think that those guys are all bad. But... That's good, right? I, I am all about the bubbles. Give me bubbles or give me death, whatever you want to call it. That is my parenting style, right? I form and I build these bubbles on purpose. I build bubbles like onions. I got bubbles within bubbles within bubbles within bubbles. And the way I, I choose to parent is to create multiple bubbles and then slowly, I wouldn't say pop the bubble, but let my child escape that bubble. And I'll pull them through, right? It's like they're gonna they're trying to push on the edge, and before it pops, I kind of just slowly pull them through. That's my plan, right? Again, parenting, just like anything else. You make a plan, that plan goes to shit. And then you put together the reality to make it work. But at least you have a basis somewhere. It's hard to, it's easy to, it's easier to adjust a little bit to a failed plan than it is to try to come up with a plan when some, when, when the situation arises. So let's get back to bubbles. So the most obvious bubble that I put around my world is is my house. It's like a physical house. That's a physical bubble I put around the house. 
you know, and not just the doors and the windows. That there's your physical, but my land, right? From as far as for as every square inch of the the land I own is my bubble, right? And I tell the kids, I tell, and I I I don't say this to the boss, but I want her to feel this: is that that bubble inside of that bubble, no bad things can happen. And I say bad things, but I mean more like bad guys, bad outside forces that are negative, right? Murders don't happen inside the bubble of our property. Um, Burns, fires that kill people. People don't die in the bubble of our fam- of our uh, of our home. And that goes back to the, you know, the hierarchy of needs and how you need security, you need safety, you need to feel safe, you need to feel secure. And that's important. I mean, I had a conversation with a colleague the other day where it's like, well, you're lying to your kids when you tell them, okay, that bad things don't happen all the time and they should be on the lookout for bad guys all the time. And I was like, yeah, but that doesn't, that doesn't help them learn. That doesn't facilitate them feeling like they're in a situation where they can make a mistake, where they can be be curious. If they're if you're always on guard, you're never open to anything. Right? So you have to kind of make that bubble. Now me, I'm I'm grown. I know those bubbles are 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 glass, right? Or they're bubbles, they can pop at any time. But I understand that that that's not real. I understand, just to be obvious, I understand that there are bad guys everywhere. I understand that at any point, some random person could come kill my whole family just because they decided this is the right house to murder somebody at. I understand all of that. But the chances of that happening are not worth me giving any second or third thoughts to. Yes, I lock my doors when I go to bed. But that is a sufficient mitigation for the very, very slim chance that someone's going to come and invade my home and murder my family. So I accept and I inherit that risk as, as, the, as, as who I am. And I, I am the uh, not manager of the family. No, that's definitely the boss. She's the manager. But as the provider... As the uh, as the rock of the family, I uh, and I I choose that. You know, that's not something I say. Oh, everyone, you know, the man is the rock. No, I mean, first first years of my life, the the boss was supporting us, and I was in school. Uh, only recently has that changed. To the to the the, val- the roles have changed. But I've always wanted to be and and taken the mantle of the rock of the family where. Uh, things are falling apart. I will stay steadfast, you know, and try to remember it's my job. And uh, if, if the boss is having a hard time, then, then I, I will try to be, I will absolutely be there. But that leads to bubbles, right? Because, yeah, I'm a, I'm a human. I'm not really a rock. So if I break, if my legs break, my, my, uh, I go to the hospital for any reason, that illusion of stability, that rock that I am slowly starts to fade 
And that's not a bubble. You know, that bubble is, you know, I guess the bursting of that bubble would be my death. Me dying would be the bursting of the bubble that that I was a rock, that Papa Steve was a rock. That he was, that he knew everything, that he was there for us, he protected everyone. That would be the bursting of that bubble. Now the slowly pulling you through of that bubble is more of a, hey, I had a hard day today. And you know, you just kind of share that with the kiddos when they understand, and then they're old enough to understand that, you know, I had a hard day, but I'm going to fight through it. And that can be really helpful when it comes to kids, especially when they start playing sports, right? You can play your hardest on a team and still lose. When that concept comes about, and more importantly, my kid is able to understand that they did everything they could. They played their hardest, but the other team just was better prepared or they worked a little harder. That's the concept where you can now start to pull them through the bubble of uh, the, the rock, that I am a rock, and that I can never be broken, and that that nothing ever phases me. Now, obviously, the boss knows this. She's very aware that I get phased and spooled up by things. It takes me a certain amount of time to really understand and uh, adapt to changing situations. But... The kiddos, no, it's it's 100%. Papa Steve knows what's going on. He's got it. No matter what happens, he'll be there. He'll protect you. And you should always, um, you should always just rely on that to be there. And that's a bubble, right? That's another bubble. A bubble of uh, a bubble of the safety of the home. The bubble of the 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 parents are always there to protect you. They'll always be there. That's a bubble, right? Because you know we could die. But those are more directly impactful bubbles. We've also got the bubbles of society that I bubble out. And a lot of these are a lot of these are built on the morals that I, I've chosen, the religion that I've chosen, the concepts that I think are faddish and don't have a, ba- a basis yet. you know So popular opinion, is not a fact to me. It is, uh, it, is, it is just a popular opinion. But facts are indeed scientifically proven facts. Then, uh, then that's that's something that has to be included in the bubble. We slowly pull them through. An easy example is um, is climate change. So do I think that by driving my car, I am I am destroying the world? No, I do not believe that. I think that uh, I have an effect on the world. Do I think that me driving my car right now to work is causing tsunamis in Indonesia? No, I don't. Now, do I think that the culmination of hundreds of thousands of cars and millions of cars across the globe is, is having a direct effect on our environment, on our atmosphere? Yes, I do. That's, that's a scientifically proven fact. Now, how much of an impact? That's where the debate comes in, right? So is it, is it like, oh yeah, it's a direct correlation. 
And, um, and, and that's what's hard. It's because we're talking about a, a macro... Um, I don't even know. What is time? A macro time scale, if, if you would. I can't think of the word. But basically, it's the long game. But to predict the long game, we have to have seen the long game prior, right? I can't predict how my how the Washington Capitals, again, that's my favorite hockey team, are going to do this here with all the same players, unless I saw the same players last year, right? If I don't know the standard, if there is no standard, then I don't know how it's going to grow. And that's where we're getting at, right? So 1900s, 1800s, we started, we really started writing down weather patterns. Oh, okay, this is actually happening. The tide was this high. It rained so much. It was this temperature. Now, of course, my dates are off. I'm not looking at anything. I'm staring into the abyss of the highway. But the fact's still the same. You know, 200 years in the past is where it's about where we I assume we started with Fahrenheit and Celsius uh, not even getting into Kelvin but if we don't know the temperature was 200 years ago how are we going to predict the temperature 200 years from now you know we, ha- we have to be able to change and it's a one time temperature right so there's a lot of variables in there are there more humans on the earth yes are there more animals? I would venture to say maybe not. Maybe we've killed them. We've got a bunch of them that are, that are extinct, whether by natural or unnatural causes, us being unnatural. That's how I would cause it, of burning down habitats. But the fact's still the same. Are, there, do, are, we, are we balancing out? Are we balancing out the, the amount of biological carbon monoxide by us growing and animals dying. That, that might be true, right? We can, we can assume that. But does that affect, how much of an effect does that have on, on the atmosphere, on the environment? So that goes into the cars, you know, mass producing things that just just billow out um, emissions that, we, that are negative to the environment. We understand they're not natural. So we have to have seen it. They had to be around for a long enough time for us to understand what what the world was like in a couple in a, a couple of or three blocks of 200. If we're going to predict the next block of 200, right? So we we know that it has an effect. Absolutely, we know it. We it's probable that it has a long term effect, but. To give it a definite or a defined, this percentage will go up because of this, and this is why this happened. That we just don't know that because the Earth is always changing. So that's a bubble that I'm slowly pulling them through. There is no, you're, you know, the it's your fault. But by driving a car, we're ruining it. No, it's not that way because it's not true. It's not. It's not a substantiated fact that a kid could understand. That's like saying one-to-one ratio, right? Kids understand one-to-one ratio. They get it. You have one toy, I want, and I have one toy, we're even. I have one diamond ring, you have one cardboard box. We're even, right? No. 
Now, now we start getting into the understanding of value, of volume, of quality, of quantity is easy, one to one. But if I give you one person a diamond ring, the other person a cardboard box, if you feel that that's fair, then you're, you're probably my three-year-old, honestly. So, so those are bubbles that I keep them in though, right? I don't keep, I keep them in the bubbles of, of, yes, the world is here. It's a safe place. It's not going, it's not burning right now. It's, it's all right. We want to take care of it. And that's an easy thing to say. Take care of where you live. We don't want to litter. We don't want to waste things. Being wasteful is easy. But the bubble is still there. The earth is not going to explode tomorrow. It's not going to fall into the sun tomorrow. It's not going to... Uh, the polar ice caps are not going to melt and wash all of life away tomorrow. It's a very... It's millions of years ago, but they can't conceptualize that. So the bubble is that the earth is beautiful. It's not going anywhere. It'll be here forever. That is a bubble. And I'm willing to keep that bubble. Now, the deep, the deep, the non-shallow and non-easy ones, that's where we get to morality and, and cultural differences and religious differences, right? So, so going over, over other people's um, houses for sleepovers, that might be a common thing. And that's a, and that's an extension of the bubble, right? You you look at uh, a trusted entity being your your friend. I would assume it's your friend or schoolmate, and their parents, and you extend that bubble. You say, "Yeah, go into their bubble. It is safe." And by you letting them go, you are extending the bubble, right? We know we know it's not going to be safe all the way, like our house, right? We can't control it. We're not able to protect them. The other people at the party might be horrible people. Um, the parents might end up being really terrible people. But we just we just don't know. So we, we have to trust. And we put that bubble out. We extend that bubble. But there are definite bubbles that I extend out. Is, is gender an option for people? We don't even get into it, but that's a bubble I put my kid into. No, gender's not an option in our household. You you align with your chromosomes in our house because you don't understand anything else. There is no, if you give somebody a thousand, look, Netflix is a, is a prime example. What are you going to watch on Netflix? There's nothing to watch. Netflix literally has a mil, like millions of movies or hundreds of thousands of movies and we're saying there's nothing to watch because I, one of my books one of the books I love to read or I love reading was 1984 and one of the tenets of that was freedom is slavery you're a slave to the choice there's so many options that sometimes it can be you can be a slave you don't do anything because you're overwhelmed by choice so if somebody kind of forces you into a decision, then you know what to do. You know your path. You are given, for lack of a better term, a purpose. 
So you know how to build on a purpose. You know, build your house upon rocks, upon solid ground. And if you want to move later, that's up to you. You know, so so in our house, you are born as a girl, then you are a girl. You, your gender is girl, female, whatever you want to call it. Now, does that restrict you? Are you not allowed to read? Are you not allowed to play sports? Are you not allowed to fight? No, absolutely not. All of that is encouraged in the house. If you're a boy, are you not allowed to cry? Are you not allowed to, you know, whatever else is stereotyped to boys not allowed to do, you know? No, go for it. Now, are you told, are you instructed, and are you... Um, led to dress a certain way? Absolutely. Absolutely you are. The girls are wearing dresses, the boys are wearing pants. Right? Now, there's no limit on that where boys can't wear pants. I mean, girls can't wear pants. But boys don't want to wear a dress. There's never been a, I want to wear a dress. Why? What is the, what reason do you have not want to wear a dress. Now, girls, it makes much more sense to wear pants. Because let's think about it. If I'm wearing a skirt all day long, my legs are going to get cold. I can't flip around on the monkey bars without somebody staring at my underwear. You know what I'm saying? It's harder to play in a dress than it is in pants. And so it's obvious that girls are going to want to wear pants. Now, boys, I see no reason, zero reason to wear a dress over pants. I mean, I guess maybe it's easier to, it's easier to go to the bathroom, I guess, because you just, you don't even have to do anything. You just uh, keep walking and take a piss, <laughs> to be honest. Well, I mean, I got your underwear, I guess. But there's no reason. It's, it's to, for lack of a better term, it's inefficient to wear uh, a dress for, for boys. It doesn't make sense. Everyone should wear pants, frankly, except for girls when they when they have to use the restroom and they have to go to the bathroom. It's much more efficient to have a dress. Um, I think. Never been a girl, so if I'm off base, you know, I am who I am, and I have my opinions based on that. So that's the bubble, right? That's our bubble. There are no there's no fluid gender. I think that's a passing fad. Um, I think we're gonna do this where everyone has the option to be everything and at any time which starts to erode at not the fabric of our world, but a little bit of, of who we are. You take away your identity. So the fine line, the difficulty, and this is now with global, right? Real quick on a global bubble is America's a melting pot, right? The United States is a melting pot. We don't really have a defined identity besides being American, being in the United States. There isn't a black America, white America, except for in the on TV. On the news, there's there's clearly a black America, a white America, Asian America. They, you know, they, they profit by separating markets so they can target you know, those demographics and those cultures. But then we're getting into cultural stuff and where we're, you kind of naturally flock to things that are same, that are like. But my point is, you lose your culture when everyone in the room is a different culture. 
you're going to start to inherit and adapt. And so you lose your culture. You do. You lose it. So the, they're, they're right now, I think the German culture is... is, is they're making a... a and I, I know German might be the wrong thing. People freak out. Still, they freak out about Nazis. Oh, man, Nazis. But, um... But no, they're talking about the culture. Not the... Not the... Not a one crazy right-wing group that showed up. I'm talking about the German culture is being overrun by... Um, by visitors. So when you come... When I go to Germany, I'm bringing United States culture with me. I'm not diving headfirst into the German culture. And by bringing it with me, that's not a big threat. I'm one out of... Let's just say there's 100 people in Germany. That's one out of 100. But if I bring 50 people with me, my culture is going to take over slowly your culture. You see what I'm saying? Now that goes into... We're talking about culture. And you're like, where are the bubbles here, buddy? Are you talking about uh, isolationism? And I kind of am. But within the home. The, the the domicile of the home. So if if I say that oh all cultures are welcome in my home or all opinions, all things, whether right or wrong, all all decisions are welcome in the home, then my kids don't have a sense of identity. They don't have a sense of purpose. They're so lost in what am I supposed to do? At their level, now they're they're early stages, right? They're like under five they're not going to thrive on well you get to choose what's right and what's wrong and you get to choose you know it doesn't matter what science says your body is you choose if you don't like having you know girl parts or boy parts then go you can go chop those off and have those and have the uh you know get gender reassignment surgery at, at you know four years old what what does that do how does that foster a sense of self you can never foster a sense of self if you if you're told that whatever you choose is reversible and there's no consequences for any of your actions and that you can change who you want to be at any point at any time from birth, where people are like, I'm going to let my kid change their gender. I still hope that that is just a joke. I've never heard of anybody legitimately saying that. It's just like a soundbite that people laugh about. Which is really funny to me. Um, well, hopefully that is a joke. But without giving guidance, and then that's your job, you know. Keep those bubbles and allow your kid to pass through them. Now, there are bubbles, right? I'm saying bubbles specifically because bubbles, you can... If you understand the bubble, then you can pass through it. And it can always pop at any time. It's a fragile thing. If, you th- if you're trying to go through life and you've got this bubble around your kids about, no, there's only, there are no, there are no differences of, of gender and uh, there's no, you know, going further, there's no gay or straight, you know, then you're, you're going to get that bubble popped. Now, the ideal situation is not to pop that bubble, but to let your kid pass through it when they're ready, when they can understand these things. And so my approach has been this, right? So these are the bubbles. They got bubbles. I have bubbles over over gay and straight. I have bubbles over, because that's sexuality. I got bubbles over that. 
No, you're a girl. You are. You like. You will marry a boy one day to procreate and continue a family. That is literally what your body is designed for. It's designed for two things: surviving and procreating. Take it down to a primal level. If you had two cavemen, it didn't matter what they were going to do. They they could never procreate. The species will die. You have to procreate. And the reason there's a female and a male is to procreate. So the bubble in my house, and it's a bubble from society, right? The bubble is shielding, um, shielding out the opinions that you can, you can be gay, straight, bi, you know, whatever the other one, asexual, I guess. But I mean, the whole alphabet, right? Um, you can be those things. We're not there yet. I mean, I guess if you want to say that's for college, whatever, that'll be brought up well before college. But the bubble right now for my kiddos who are under, you know, five and under, under eight, under 10, is exactly that. It's a bubble about sexuality. You're a woman. You're a man. You dress like a man. Here is how our culture dresses a man. Now, I say specifically that too. Culture. In the United States, the culture that we are currently in has a man wearing a suit and a woman wearing a dress. That is your formal clothes for a culture. Now, there's Arabic culture where it's not. You wear a what we would call a dress. Um, I've seen a few, a few outfits from Africa that are cultural that I would think would be like well, more of a dress. But they're not. You know, that's a cultural um, robe or whatever, whatever they call it. Dashiki, I'm not sure. But again, you've got to blend the culture. So work with what you have. And don't try to reach out and say, oh, you know what? We're going to be Japanese culture today. We're going to be... Give the kids something, uh, a rock to stand on first. Now, of course, I'm not saying don't ever ex- let them, you know, don't ever expose them to anything, blah, 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 blah. I'm saying give them a rock to stand on. Give them a solid ground. And then and keep them in that bubble while you build that solid ground. And then as they either grow too big for it, or the cultural the culture starts to squish in the bubble. You, you the parent, me the parent. I pull them slowly out of that. Right. A big uh, a big bubble that was kind of burst on me was uh, was the Ten Commandments. Right. So my kids are learning the Ten Commandments. Right. The, the biblical Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not take fault. You know, take any of God's but me. But the one that really stuck out for my for my daughter is Thou shalt not kill. Right. And I, I first thought you're like, well, that's probably the easiest commandment. You just don't go around killing people. And I agree. That is the that is probably the easiest commandment for normal people. But it's not the easiest commandment for a soldier. When my job is literally to go to foreign lands and fight and kill people who are making it their mission to try to destroy our way of life, 
then yeah, that's a hard one. What gives me the right or how can I ever get into heaven? How could I ever be a good person if I have to kill somebody as a soldier? And now it gets down to I have to lead her through the bubble. So when that came up, it's like how 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 is it that we're not supposed to kill but but Papa Steve kills bad guys with the army. And the way that happens is in Catholicism it's just war theory. And the reason that I that what I talked to her, the what I said to her, because it doesn't matter all this backstory, blah 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 blah. My method was this, right? And then there's no way to know whether it was perfect, it was great, it was the right way or not. But the method is this. So I have a cause, and my cause is to protect. I signed up to protect the United, the, uh, the United States, and more specifically my family, my people, the people I love inside the United States, from people who are trying to destroy it and want to cause harm. Now the job of a soldier is to take the fight to the enemy. So if ISIS swears they're going to destroy the United States, I'm going to take the fight to ISIS. I don't have a problem with that. If, you, if someone wants to say, well, you're just conquering, you're invading, you, you bet your ass I am. Because I want to fight them there. I don't want them in my front yard blowing up roads in my house. So when they've sworn to a cause that's trying to kill my family, and that's how I take it. I take it down to a, my, to a personal level. I, I will kill a person who is trying to kill me for that cause. Now, you can go back and say, well, he would never have tried to kill you if you weren't there specifically. You're right. He's just going to keep planning to kill a massive amount of people. And my family, my family could be included. So that's not going to happen. So when I talk to my daughter about it, how can I be a good, decent human being if I'm going to kill somebody, if I'm going to kill the bad guy, is that I'm not a robot, right? So if that guy's a bad guy, I'm not just going to murder him. I'm not going to put a, put one in his face. I'm going to look. And if he's trying to kill me, if he shows a, a, a weapon, if he's holding an RPG, if he's wearing a suicide vest, yes, I'm going to kill him. Yes, he had to die. But only because by killing him, I saved somebody else. Now, whether that person was my buddy, was the, the marketplace, was a, a building, was myself, doesn't matter. Human life is the most important thing. And yes, that sounds hypocritical. I'm taking a human life and saying that it's the most important thing. Because I understand. I understand what it is to take that life. Um, I don't take it lightly. It is not something that's on a whim. You know, I'm not the guy who goes around and, and says, oh yeah, kill all the all the Arabs or whatever. That that's that's for somebody who sits at home and watches TV. That's for somebody who puts on hunting gear and goes out in the woods and, and hunts a deer or goes to a game preserve or whatever and hunts. That's that's uh, yeah, I just stereotyped all hunters. I'm sure they all don't feel that way. Hopefully, they have they actually have most respect for hunters because they have the 
the most respect for life as far as I've seen. But there are guys who just dress up and play the part, right? That's what a big strong man does. Oh yeah, let's kill them all. That is, um, that's not what people who've been there say. Um, if they talk at all, you know, we don't say that stuff because at some point you come to the realization that that guy who's lying there or that corpse that's lying there is close to the same age as you or that's a little kid and everything that you're doing at home you realize that person can never do that family that you go back to that person could have had you know you you start to empathize and that's the most dangerous thing for a soldier to do honestly is to empathize if I empathize with every person then I could never you could never ever well I don't know if you never ever You'd have to really have a switch to turn it on, turn it off. You have to kind of empathize to a degree and understand that that's a human, that's a person. It's not a target. But, okay, so that was a tangent. Hold on. Let's bring it back. What did I tell my daughter? I told her, Papa doesn't kill all the bad guys. I kill the bad guys who are trying to kill me. Because human life is most important. So I would never take a human life unless that person was trying to kill me or somebody else. You see? And I always emphasize it. But luckily, we don't live in a place where there are bad guys trying to to get us. Papa has to fly far away for those bad guys to try to get us. Then I don't fight the bad guys here. So those are all very important. I'm trying to emphasize through repetition There aren't bad guys here. They're overseas. And we don't just kill bad guys. We don't just drop a bomb. We we have to selectively remove bad guys. Whether by jail or by economic situations or by pressure or, or by killing if we do need to. So that's what I'm trying to emphasize with her. It's not black and white. So that's why it's a harder topic. And that's why I have to slowly pull her through the bubble. Right? Because it goes back to one plus one. Yeah. We both have one. We are equal. But there's details. There's there's gray area. It's not, I wouldn't even say gray area. I would just say there's details. And knowing all the details is impossible. You can never know all the details and particulars of a situation to make the perfect decision because there's always a variable that either wasn't accounted for or changed. So that's that's bubbles. I, I tell my kid that police are good. If somebody is doing the bad thing, find a policeman. If you're lost in a crowd, find a policeman. They are going to help you. Now... Am I perpetuating a stereotype that all policemen are good? Yes, I am. I want them to know that there is a group of people dedicated their lives to to making sure that people play by the rules, that people play fair. Do I want them to be afraid of the police? No, not necessarily. I want them to be afraid of breaking the law. But I but I understand me as a grown man, grown person, I understand that police 
have power, and power, without a doubt, corrupts. You're going to abuse that power a little bit. And hopefully, you just you you're able to keep yourself in check as a as an officer of the law, and bring that power back down to earth, where somebody's there checking you, making sure that you stay within the limits of your power. You know, when you put somebody in handcuffs, are you slamming them into a car for no reason? Or are you just understanding who they are as a person? That's why we have humans for police and not robots, you know? That's what I that's how I feel. But that's a bubble. I want my kids to live in a bubble. Bad things don't happen in our house. Food is on the table. If you're hungry, we can eat. You just got to tell us. Now, we balance that with, you know, we don't waste things. Don't be wasteful with human life. Don't be wasteful with food. Don't be wasteful with anything, with the environment. But the bubbles will always be there. Now, this, the, this, the... Sooner we pop those, those bubbles get pulled through, hopefully pulled through, the more, more complete of a human and the, the more, the sooner that they'll be able to start making choices and decisions on their own. But right now at my level, they don't, they don't get a choice. They are, they are given a purpose. Your purpose is develop, to develop your body. Your body is growing. Your your purpose is to put food in your mouth and knowledge in your brain. That is your primal basic purpose. In our house, we say um, we say laugh, learn, and love God. Because they're kids, right? They need a release, just like us. Grown-ups need a release too, right? Whether you go play ball with your buddies at the Y. Whether you you go hunting and you just kind of get some peace and quiet, whether you host parties, whatever it is to, re- to to get that release, everyone needs it, especially kids. That's how they learn social functions. But um, that's that laugh and learn. Be okay to make mistakes, and then love God is is a personal one, right? I told you, you know, if you don't know by now, I'm Catholic, and I I adhere to Catholicism as as best I can. And I want them to, to, to adhere to that too. Now, am I going to hide them away from Judaism or atheism or baptism, Baptists or Protestantism, all the isms? No, 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 no. Not, not eventually. But right now, yeah, it's a bubble. There is, you, we are Catholic. We go to Catholic church. We follow the Catholic faith. We follow it because of this, and this is the reason why. One of the um, one of the bubbles now that my mom put on me, I know I'm shouting out my mom, calling her out. But it was a more overall bubble where I remember now whether she told me all the time and I was just a hard-headed kid. It's very true. It could be, but I remember the answer to a lot of my questions being because God said so. Why are we going to church every single day? Because God said so. Why are we going to church now? Because God said so. Why are we doing this? Because God said so. And that's that that did not sit with me. It might have worked very well when I was younger, but by the time I was older, 
I mean, I never got another answer. Besides, besides that's the rule, because God said so. That's why we go to church every Sunday. That's why we go to church a lot. That's why we, we follow the rules of the Catholicism. So I didn't have anything to fall back on when I was a grown man, when I was 19, 20, 23, 24. So in my world, it was, okay, well, whatever. If God wanted me to do something, I, he would have made me do it. You know, and you really get into that that situation where you, you didn't pull me through the bubble. So the bubble just burst. And all the things that the bubble was protecting came flooding in. So the point of all of it was bubbles are great. Bubbles, you know, solidify learning. They help you focus on a purpose. And they build, they let your kids have a small place. And you too, your family, they give you a place to build your foundation under the shelter of the bubble. And as your bubbles, as you pass through bubbles, you build your foundation bigger and bigger. The goal for me is to try not, not try to not let those bubbles pop. When I see somebody getting close, I start to I understand that I have to pull them through. You never want to let the bubbles pop. So, um, so that'll be the end of today, because I'm at work. So, um, enjoy your families, enjoy your kids, uh, respect your bubbles, keep them. Your bubbles are very important. Keep your bubbles, but pull your kids through when it's time, and don't let those bubbles pop. All right, be good, laugh, learn, love God.